Please accountably, everyone. The um, title of tonight's talk is Tosatsu's Three Barriers. And it's one of the cases in the Mumon Khan, the Gateless Barrier, which is one of the, the Koan collections that we study. I don't think it's one I've mentioned um, or it's not one that I've mentioned um, for a long time. And uh, a little bit of background to it, there's a little bit of um, mysterious synchronicity happens in the way I put Dharma talks together. I might have mentioned to you that I'm um, writing some um, fictional short stories at the moment, and one that's been going around in my head, which I just started today, um, it's called... Um, group therapy for the dead and it's a parody on some of our deluded ideas we have about death and dying a bit of a parody on um, psychotherapy which is my own profession but um, Tatsu's three barriers um, have an interesting they, they touch on these same issues that I'm touching in the story I'm making up and uh, I'll, t I'll read to you directly from uh, the uh, Mumon Khan and then I'll just give you the simplified version of it that's easier to grasp. The priest um, uh, Totatsu set up three barriers in order to examine his students. The first one is, you make your way through the darkness of abandoned grasses in a single-minded search for your self-nature. Now, honoured one, where is your nature? Mm -hmm. The second one is, <clears throat> when you have realised your self-nature, you are free of birth and death. When the light of your eye, eyes falls, how are you free? <laughs> and the third one is, when you are free of birth and death, you know where to go. When your four elements scatter, where do you go? And the verse that goes with it. One nien, one, a nien is a moment, a moment of time, like a slither of time. One nien sees eternity. Eternity is equal to now. If you see through this one nien, you see through the one who sees. Uh -huh. A little bit of background about um, Totopsu, as we know a bit of biography about him as a teacher, as a Chinese teacher. He was described in the literature as being overconfident as a young monk. Mm -hmm. Overconfident. Um, we usually think of... Um, uh, seen students like the, the monk who asked Joshu, does a dog have Buddha nature or not, seems to be underconfident, right? But um, let's remember that um, overconfidence can be a, a problem as well. And in, in, in Zen, in spirituality, it takes the form of actually thinking you're more enlightened than what you are. Anyway, I'm sure that Totatsu found a lot of good teachers to bring him down to earth. Um, during his lifetime because he came up with these, this amazing koan for us. Um, so in simple terms, how do you realise 
true nature. How do you die? And where does one go to after death? Mm -hmm. And in the first one, um, you know, how do you realize your true nature? It talks about going to wild places and wild wild grasses to do zazen, to do sitting meditation. And these are metaphors in Zen, like wild grasses. They're actually metaphors for the higgledy-piggledy nature of the mind. You know, the chaos of the mind and its randomness that we just sit with, the the monkey mind. Mm -hmm. And uh, so... How do you find your true self? How do you come home to your true self in this higgledy-piggledy mind, in this higgledy-piggledy world where everything's in chaos and thrown upside down? That's the essence of the koan here. And how to die. Mm -hmm. Um, With all of these questions, how to realise true nature, how to die, and where one goes to after death. Sorry to be enigmatic, but the clearest advice I can give you if you ever work on this koan or you're integrating into your life is the answer is in the question. The answer is in the question. It's as simple as that. But what we bring to koans and what we bring to our life is a whole lot of complexity. And that's why I said in the beginning when we were doing, when we started our, our, our Zen meeting tonight, you know, entertaining ideas about philosophy, psychology, Buddhism, Zen, they all get in the way. Mm-hmm. And if you practice Zen, um, there's a kind of, may I say, even a, a, a ruthless spirit in which we practice our Zen, um, which is the nature of wisdom. And so I'd actually invite you to get in touch with your inner ruthlessness when you practice Zen. And it's, and it's embodied in the figure of Montjusri, who is the, mostly the figure on Zen altars in Japan, not the Buddha. It's Montjusri, and I may remind you, Montjusri is the deity of wisdom, has a book in one hand, and a sword in the other hand, and he's sitting on top of a lion, so he's tamed the lion. But the the, the key um, icon, the key um, uh, item in that in that that iconography is the sword, right? The sword that cuts away delusion and attachment. And if you practice sasen, you need to wield the sword mm-hmm, to cut away the delusion and attachment. Right, constantly cutting away at these precious things that we think they think we are, that we hold on to, all of our ideas about life and ourselves and other people. Now, in other cultures, in the Japanese culture, the, it was a samurai who supported and, and took up um, Zen practice. Now, unfortunately for many of them, they took this, um, they took this metaphor too literally you know, and it was involved in actually swordsmanship and actually killing people in battle and so on. But the true spirit of it is, is that we're using that sword to cut away, cut away, cut away, cut away. Mm -hmm. And so we come to 
um, other koans and saying in Zen, you know, when you meet the Buddha, you kill the Buddha. Mm -hmm. um, you cut off all, all ideas of this figure out there. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and if you meet Robert Aitken, you kill Robert Aitken. And if you meet Charlotte Joko Beck, you kill her. And please, if you meet Jeff Dawson, kill him as well. He just talks a lot of nonsense. Uh -huh. You have to find your own wisdom in this. Uh -huh. um, but these are very good. These are very good koans, you know. And um, in the commentary, it says, you know, you 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 pass through these barriers, and um, there's a lot of hyperbole in Zen. Actually, you pass through these barriers, and you you become the master of the universe, or word, words to that effect. But really, if you are hundred percent, if you are hundred percent with your whole being, um, see through these challenging questions, then th there is an enormous freedom in the way you live your life, mm -hmm. and the way that you approach your life. Um, you realise they they appear like barriers. They they are in a way they're barriers, but you realise. Um, that the barrier is actually a gateway to freedom is the best way I can put it. You become one with the barrier rather than opposing it, right? And um, that's that's the key to the koan, to nearly all koans. Mm -hmm. um, but the one, the beauty about koans is that they realise that they, they 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 show us where we're stuck, and they show us where we actually are holding on to a whole lot of conceptual baggage that we don't even realise that we are. And it's like we, we cleanse ourselves of that conceptual baggage and then we we move through the barrier. The barrier collapses. It wasn't even a barrier. Again, the answer is in the question. So... Um, Philosophical answers won't get you anywhere with this. Uh -huh. And that's often what people bring to it, particularly the last koan, you know, what, where do you go when you die? Um, people in, in Daisam or in response to these koans will often say, um, nowhere, right? That's not here. Or they say, right here, that's not it either. Well, they say, I'll be in my grave. That's not it either. It's something actually far closer and far simpler than all of those philosophical ideas. Anyway, I'll leave you with that barrier that's not a barrier at all. <laughs>